taken very much by the endless creativity of our Creator. I don't think any of us should be too surprised by that endless creativity, but it's the sort of thing that we can so easily take for granted. I've taken a couple of fairly lengthy dog walks over this past week and been captivated by the graceful flight of the kingfisher lower the river Froome with its flashes of blues and oranges, by a striking pair of woodpeckers perched high in a tree beside a path near Stonehenge, the variety and shape of the cloud formations, the beauty of the autumn colours and the textures of leaves underfoot as the seasons are turning. I could go on, but you get the idea. Then there's the endless creativity of our creator in human life. Assorted shapes and sizes, characters and personality. What an incredible scope there is then of human capabilities. My first port of call when thinking about these things is often the world of sport. The live athleticism of the Roger Federer or the Serena Williams on the tennis court the mesmerising skill of Ronaldo or Messi on the football pitch, the outrageous skill of Ronnie O'Sullivan or the grace and finesse of Simone Biles. Others might head for a world of music, whether it be an appreciation of the great classical pieces or of a 70s rock band. Or some might take a detour via Bake Off to marvel at how a few ingredients can be turned into a culinary masterpiece. And then we find ourselves progressing from the creativity of the creator to the endless ingenuity of the created. As humanity, made in his image, expresses creativity in endless, spectacular ways. And you just have to look around at this building, a building we take so much for granted. Okay, it's been renewed recently and perhaps it's given us a fresh appreciation. But there is so much that expresses human creativity, people using their God-given gifts, the intricate carvings of the pulpit beside me from all those years ago, the detail of the, of the banners, the altar frontals, the images on our walls, the beauty of the stonework. So many, so many ways in which creativity is expressed. In our Old Testament reading, we met uh, Bezalel, called out by God to use his creative gifts to help create the tabernacle and furnish it. A man who, we're told, was not just one with creative skills, but one who was blessed with wisdom and understanding. And he was prepared to use the gifts and talents he'd been given to serve others. And God chose him in a halayaba to front the creative task. What a great privilege that must have been for them. And we read of the care and the attention to the task in the chapters that follow, especially in chapters 37 to 39 of Exodus. And over the years here, people have paid great attention to detail in using their God-given gifts to design and create. In the face of the creativity of others, though, it's easy to feel inadequate. Maybe there are some here who are thinking, like me, I'm just not the creative type. 
But actually, God's creativity is expressed in such a myriad of different forms and is expressed in some way in every single one of us. We're betraying God if we narrow our definition of what creativity looks like. Creativity is expressed in the problem-solving skills of a project manager, in the ability of a care worker to be alongside those in need, in the bringing up of children, in the tending of our gardens at home. For me, creativity might be expressed in the planning of a youth group session and the shaping of a funeral service in endless different ways. All of us have the ability to be creative and all of us create. A meal cooked for family or friends, a carefully worded email, a well-prepared home group session. All of these things express something of the creativity of God. Every gift and talent that God gives us has a creative element to it. And we do well to reflect on that. And what is blindingly obvious, but I need reminding of this week, is that when God gives us a talent or a gift, it's there to be nurtured and grown, and most importantly, to be used. That's highlighted in Jesus' parable, where two of the servants make good use of the resources that they've been given, and multiply them, whilst one is frozen in fear and buries the resource in the ground. Pablo Picasso's earliest surviving work is called The Picador. It was painted when he was eight years old. It's uh, better than anything I could come up with, but to be honest, it doesn't look anything particularly special. Salvador Dali's first painting was done on the back of a postcard. Again, it looks fairly ordinary in the grand scheme of things. But for each, the seeds of a talent were obvious and needed watering and needed investing in. Their talents would have been lost to the world if they'd stopped after their first painting because they weren't quite as good as perhaps they'd hoped for. How about the talents of a student in mathematics, excelling at school, going on to nurture that gift at university? going on to use their skills in the world of business or perhaps in the charity sector. Or a photography enthusiast investing in their skill and going on to provide images which adorn our newspapers and web pages or even our walls. As God gives us gifts and talents, we need to nurture them, we need to use them. Paul writes to Timothy, his young protege, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. And as we think about our gifts and talents, whether they're gifts that have been imparted to us at some point in our lives, or whether we might have what we'd call natural talents, they're all things that need nurturing. And it's no good wasting our time focusing on what we can't do. No use us wishing we're the next Salvador Dali or the next Roger Federer if God hasn't given us the gift of artistic flair or decent hand-eye coordination. We're called to focus on being the best we can be, the person God has made us to be. And it's no good either us saying, well, so much of that is in the past. Once I was gifted in this way, but now I'm at a different stage of life. Because God has still got 
his creative gifts being worked out within us. He calls us not to stand still but to nudge forward so that his creativity in us can be used by him for his kingdom purposes. Not settling back but stepping out, stretching ourselves and letting God grow us. And the result is that the creativity of the created points to the creator. The creativity of the created points to the creator. As we express more fully who God has made us to be, the glory goes not to us, but to the author of creation. At the dawn of creation, God looked on all that he had made and he saw that it was good. And he continues to remark that it is good as you and I express our creativity in our daily lives of service, whatever that might look like whether it's something visual and beautiful that can be observed in this place, or whether it's something that works out its creativity in other ways. So let's just pause for a few moments and just reflect on our own individually as to where God is calling us to use our creative gifts, perhaps even to recognise our creative gifts today, and think about how we might continue to honour him by using our gifts and talents to his glory. Let's just be still for a few moments. Lord, we thank you that you have gifted each one of us in different ways. Thank you for the signs of your creative work in each of our lives. I'm sorry, Lord, for those times when we undervalue those gifts or we fail to use them. We pray, Lord God, that you would give us uh, courage and enthusiasm and a desire to use our gifts to serve you to build up your people, to bring joy to others, to serve your world. And we pray, Lord God, that as we, the created, express our creativity, that you, the creator, might be the one who receives the glory forever and ever. Amen.